Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs, and this is The Great America Show. Welcome. Great to have you with us. President Biden is on the loose again, and so are some of his top advisors. President Biden in Israel, calling for closer cooperation with the Israelis in science and innovation, and also working to integrate Israeli further into the region, as envisioned by President Trump's Abraham Accords. But then President Biden messed up his remarks big time. As usual, not good. President Biden said this, quote, to keep alive the truth and honor of the Holocaust. Quickly correcting himself, he said the horror of the Holocaust. I'm reluctant to even imagine what the Israelis and the rest of the world think of this president. One of Biden's top advisors, Brian Deese, continues to talk nonsense on economics, which may explain a few things. Deese saying that the 9.1% CPI inflation report makes it even more urgent than ever to, quote, pass new spending bills, end quote. Figure that one out. How in the world does more spending help inflation? Just last week, Deese told consumers to basically suck it up and that, quote, this is about the future of the liberal world order, and we have to hold firm, end quote. More incredible ideological banality from the Biden administration. Apparently, Mexican President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador must think President Biden needs more advice and offered him plenty earlier this week, telling Biden while at the White House he should increase temporary work visas to ensure the United States didn't have a labor shortage. And Lopez Obrador was brimming with advice, suggesting Biden regularize, as he put it, illegal immigrants already in this country. Millions and millions and millions of illegal immigrants, by the way. And oh yes, last month, Lopez Obrador had another suggestion, a return to the North American Union idea, bringing together the United States, Canada, and Mexico, the North American Union. What an idea. Oddly, the Mexican president offered not a single word of advice to Mr. Biden on how to secure our southern border. Our guest today is Carrie Lake. She's very much concerned about that border and all that Mr. Biden is doing to encourage more illegal immigrants to cross that border. Carrie Lake is running for the Republican nomination for governor of the great state of Arizona. Carrie is a proud America First candidate endorsed by President Trump. Carrie, great to have you back with us here on The Great America Show. And congratulations on these new polls, which show you still well in the lead. It is a, it's an epic David and Goliath moment here in Arizona, Lou, and I'm so happy to be on again. Um, I am up against uh, basically the biggest swamp creature you've ever met, and she's got a lot of money. Her husband's a billionaire, and they are pouring in so much money trying to defeat us, but you can't defeat a movement. You can't defeat we the people. 
And we have the people of Arizona solidly behind us and they are out voting already because unfortunately we're in one of those states where we have voting month, not voting day and election month, I should say. So we're doing quite well. Our internal polling shows us up 13 points, but, but she's pouring 2 million a week in TV ads at us. And there's still a segment of the population, unfortunately, who believes ads. You know, they believe these ads where she's trying to paint himself as America first when her record actually shows she is a globalist. Her record shows that she's uh, for uh, illegal immigration and giving illegal immigrants perks to come over here. And her record shows that she's pro-abortion, that she's voted that way. She's voted to restrict our gun rights and our Second Amendment rights. So we do have a battle out here because it's a battle of somebody who's willing to pour every single penny they can and her crony friends as well versus the people of Arizona who want change. They want to go away from that McCain-style politics into a America-first politics and policies that work. You know, I, I would just think the state of Arizona, of all places, would be more uh, keenly uh, anxious about that border, which no longer exists, frankly. I don't have to tell you that. Uh, but the cartels are on are in charge on both sides of that border. And, and Biden makes no apology for what he's done. And, and there are so many people uh, who live on that border uh, whose survival is at stake here, and they seem to be utterly oblivious to that reality. You know, they get distracted by ridiculous things. I mean, and they're doing this right now in the ads. They're finding, you know, people drag queens and people to attack me. And I'm like, wow, this is a distraction from critical issues that will bring down our country if we don't deal with them. And they want to distract people with all this stuff over here. Meanwhile, we have a border that's wide open. The narco terrorists are running the show, not just on the border, but in Arizona. We have elections that are completely bogus and corrupt, and those are where we need to stick our priorities and get our energy and fix. And I have a plan to secure that border. It is the most aggressive, bold plan, and it will secure the border. It's going to require that we go right to that amazing document, the U.S. Constitution, and we enact our Article 1, Section 10 rights as a state to defend and protect our people when we are in imminent danger and being invaded. And, and, you know, I, I'm up against somebody who's got a six-point border plan, which is basically the same exact plan that Doug Ducey is doing, which is six points of a whole lot of nothing. And it was written by her McCain consultants. And so we've, we've got a real choice to make right now in this election. Do we truly want our border secure? Do we want to take back control from the cartels? Do we want to complete President Trump's wall? put our National Guard down there to stop people from coming across. And those who do come across, we send right back and we get rid of these drug tunnels and we shoot down the cartel drones. Or do we want status quo? Millions of people pouring in, our wages being pushed down lower and lower and lower and bringing in a slave class of people where people are slaves to the cartels, indentured servants to the cartels where they have to work to pay off what they owe the cartels for decades to come. I think the, the choice is very clear. It is clear, uh, certainly to you, to me, to all of your supporters there in the state of Arizona. I think uh, most of the people in this country, uh, frankly. But this, this is not a moment that is, uh, I think, possessed of great clarity for uh, a lot of voters. And I cannot quite get, I cannot quite wrap my head around the fact that they are watching the drugs coming across that border. 
nearly every family in this in this country has a family member who is addicted or was addicted uh, who is in some way a victim of the cartels and that border being wide open and the policies that were employed by the Democratic Party for the past 30 years. They're, they're devastating. A hundred thousand people killed uh, overdose every year. And that doesn't seem to get through to people. Yeah, it, it's so sad. And I'm out in the campaign trail every day, Lou, and it is I'm a mother. And it is so heartbreaking to talk to parents who've lost a loved one. I mean, I, I talked to a mom whose 22 year old daughter took a half a Xanax pill or so she thought and was poisoned by fentanyl and died. I'm, I'm talked to a, a mayor in a small town who said we lost two 19 year old men, young men. Think of the, the future they could have led. Think of what they could have contributed and, and accomplished and done in their lives. And we were losing a generation of people to this fentanyl poisoning. I don't even call it an overdose, Lou. It's, it's a poisoning. CCP is sending this, this poison over. The cartels are hauling it in. And, and it's weakening America. It's killing America. And that's part of their plan. They're going to bring us down any way they can by poisoning us, by sending us into despair and homelessness, by destroying the middle class taking our jobs and sending them overseas. They've done that already. They want to weaken and destroy us. And frankly, this fentanyl is coming over at such levels that we're confiscating to kill two plus billion people. That's a weapon of mass destruction. I think I was the first person to call it that. And what would we do if we caught somebody hauling a weapon of mass destruction into our country? That's death penalty stuff. And I frankly agree with President Trump and his remarks in, in Las Vegas. we got to start punishing people for the severity of these crimes. And when they are coming in and hauling in poison to kill us, we need to start going after them and pursuing the death penalty against these people. And I'm not talking about dragging out the sentence for 25 years. I'm talking swift penalties for these crimes that are being committed against this great country. You mentioned China. China killed more Americans than have ever been killed in war uh, with the Wuhan virus. Uh, and Xi Jinping, the president of China, had a choice. He could have warned the entire world that that was going to be uh, an issue for at least uh, the initial part of the pandemic. But he chose not to. And that's morally the equivalent of murder. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the fentanyl you're talking about, that fentanyl is being manufactured. In China, its ingredients in some cases are being shipped to Mexico and then uh, manufactured there as well. But it all starts with communist China. And the death toll is rising every day because of China. We talk about Mexico, but we need to talk about China as well, don't you think? Absolutely. And, and you know, you were one of the first people that and I worked in, in media for a long time as a journalist, a fair journalist. And you, I've watched you your whole career. You were one of the first people, Lou, to bring that up. Even before President Trump came on the scene, I remember you talking about that and talking about um, the political class selling out America. And here we are, fast forward, um, you know, a couple of decades, and we're feeling it, and it's we're on the brink of destruction because of that. And, and this is why, you know, look, I, I'm running for governor. I'm not running for God. <laughs> and so there's only so much a governor can do, but a governor can do a lot. And we're going to have a red wave, and we're going to bring in a lot of America First people into our legislature. We need to take back the land that China's come in and purchased in Arizona. We need to protect Arizona. We need to secure that border, keep the Chinese CCP, um, you know, fentanyl 
out of our country. There are things we can do as a state. We have an illegitimate president sitting in office, and he's dead set on destroying America. He's working with our enemies to destroy America. And we need to, every state needs to remember we are sovereign, and we don't have to let that fool take us down. And we won't here in Arizona. But we've got to get some strong people willing to stand up not being controlled by their high-priced Washington, D.C. consultants as to what to do and, and how to lead. we got to lead from our heart, and we got to lead from the DNA that's inside of us, the DNA of our founding fathers. And we're at a moment. I talked to my friend Mike Flynn, and he says, Carrie, we're at a very perilous moment, perhaps the most perilous moment in our country's existence. Think about that. We're not at the 11th hour. We're in the final minutes if we don't have some people stand up right now and do the right thing to save this country. And it's going to start by taking on China and, and stopping them from being able to bring their poison in and, and destroy us. I'd like to see us, frankly, reshore some of those American companies. Hopefully they're waking up and Arizona is a ripe place to come in and, and do manufacturing. We'd love if you have a if you are patriotic, any of these American companies who want out of China, we want them to come back to Arizona and set up shop there, and we'll help them do that. But it's going to be all hands on deck to save this country, and I think we're seeing an uprising of American patriots willing to do that. Well, and, and in Arizona, Carrie, you're also dealing with uh, another aspect, and that is a federal government that wants to federalize this election. And in the case of Arizona, they also want you to not in any way suggest that there be proof of citizenship before a person votes in the great state of Arizona. Uh, you you said you're running for governor, not God. Well, uh, somebody needs to tell Biden he's not God, and uh, and Merrick Garland is not uh, you know a uh, an angel on high. Uh, these people are absolute demons uh, in in their acts against. Uh, decency and the rule of law and order. It, it is absolutely overwhelming. It all goes back, though, Lou, to I think the biggest priority, and, and I know people don't want to talk about it, but what happened in 2020? We had a stolen election, a corrupt election. If we don't fix that, if we don't restore honesty to our elections, then we're, we're never going to be able to do it. We won't be able to secure the border because we won't get the people we want in office if, if these elections continue to be stolen. We yep. made... One improvement, and that was to require proof of citizenship. We have the right to do that here in Arizona. And first of all, our governor initially vetoed that piece of legislation, by the way. And then he felt the wrath of the people. And he finally, when it came back around, signed it. Uh, but it kind of shows you these weak governors we have. He was at least initially ready to veto that. We've got to get our elections restored so that we have honest elections and we're going to start that here in Arizona. And we, we're going to fight back against the DOJ. And thankfully, even though I don't agree with our current attorney general, because he sat on a mountain of evidence of election fraud and corruption and has done almost nothing with that, I do agree with him. He's going to stand up and fight the uh, DOJ as they try to force us to have illegal immigrants vote here in Arizona. This is a big part of their plan. We all know it. They've even slipped and said it bring all these people in illegally, and change the voting demographics. Right. And we're not going to stand for that. I was talking with uh, Congressman Darrell Issa uh, the other day, and he's talking about they're trying to change literally the face of America. Now, race is a big uh, barrier uh, for discussing border security. But that's changed because now we're seeing Hispanics begin to vote for Republicans. And Hispanics want border security every bit 
as much as anyone else in this country. And I have to tell you, I hope that that's representative of what is happening in Arizona, because nationally it is an important and immense trend uh, that is uh, critically important. Oh, it's huge. I, I, I see it every day. Just this weekend, I was at a, a meet and greet at someone's home in, in southern Arizona. And, you know, Arizona has a huge Hispanic population, and they are fit to be tied by what's happening. Let's, let's just remember, if, if you know anything about that Latino community, it's about faith. It's about family. It's about hard work. It's about the American dream, entrepreneurship. And they are watching as millions of people pour in. Most of our middle class, I mean, they, the backbone of our middle class here in Arizona is, uh, in large part, the Hispanic community working hard. Now they watch people pouring in to take those jobs and drive wages down. They watch the fentanyl coming in, poisoning their kids. They watch the cartels taking control. Some of the people who are citizens here in Arizona come from countries where the cartels were in control, and they certainly don't want to go back to that kind of corruption. They are Republicans. They are conservatives. And I know that the left is scared to death of that, but it's too late. The left, the, the left has been pushing such nonsense for so long that uh, the Latinos are figuring it out. You know, my husband's Latino. My children are Latino. And this is a group of people, and I don't t- pretend to know everything, and you, I hate to clump people together in just one group, but who love America. Many of them, if they came here and became citizens, came here because of what we have here, which is the American dream. Many have been born here in our fifth generation uh, Arizonans, and they don't like the direction this, this state is going. They don't want to become California. Or, or longer. Uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of folks there have been in that state uh, for, you know, I, I'm going to say, what, 10 Since generations? Since before we were I, a country. <laughs> I used to work in Yuma, Arizona, and uh, some of the f- folks there uh, have been there forever. Uh, and what is interesting is uh, I was going to comment about this changing the face of America. The face of America is what it is. Uh, it's like the expression, uh, you're, you've got to be a nativist if you're worried about border security. Okay, so if you're a nativist, that means you embrace every minority in the country. The largest group, uh, minority group in the country uh, is a burgeoning majority, and that is Hispanic Americans. Uh, People are just so ignorant about this issue of border security and illegal immigration, and the left loves to drive this uh, as a racial issue. It's pure nonsense, and only, only the globalist elite corporatist national media make it possible for them to get away with that kind of bunkum. Well, they don't have good policies. They don't have good ideas. And whenever you make a good point and you start to bring people over to your side, they just call you racist. And and America's on to it. We're so tired of that divisive politics. We want solutions. And America first is the way out of the mess we're in. It's the so-called experienced people with all the business experience and with all of the political experience that have gotten us into this mess. And it's going to take some patriots to come in and get us out. And the, 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 my favorite patriot out there is President Trump. He came in. He walked before we could run. He walked through the fire with these people. And he's still standing and he's still drawing crowds because people know that he won that election. And I don't know how much longer we have to sit here and act like uh, the election was fair and square when it wasn't. We need to bring him back. We need to get people in office who are going to take those America first policies that 
Our lives, every life was better under President Trump's policies than Joe Biden. Even the leftists out there, even the radicals would have to admit their lives were better under those policies. So we're just going to take those policies and bring it back to Arizona and work on holding things together here in Arizona so that Joe Biden can't tear um, our state down. You know, it's great to hear you say that, and and to and I know you will do that. Uh, but as I watch the the corrupt political left in this country, the Marxist left that I believe are really are driving the Democrat Party nationally, the the courts, the Supreme Court, uh, they won't accept how they uh, rule. The left won't accept uh, what uh, is a decision, whether it's on the Second Amendment, uh, whether it is on the right to life. Uh, and they're becoming something of a of a something similar to the left of the 1960s. They're anti, but then this important way they are different. They're anti free speech. They're anti free thought. They want you to do anything, but not don't do anything that would disturb their authoritarianism uh, and narrative uh, that really requires that we all fall in line collectively rather than as individuals. Uh, and I think that the the fact is, the left in this country is about, as you intimated at the beginning, is about to melt down because they have reached way too far, well beyond uh, the fears of uh, the right and certainly well beyond uh, the possibilities of the left. Your thoughts? I, I agree. Um, and I think I've heard President Trump talk about it. It'll be the end of the Democrat Party if they keep pushing it this far. But what I'm seeing on the campaign trail, which is so exciting, and, and one of the reasons I got into this is for my children. I have a 17-year-old who's almost 18, and I have a 19-year-old. And I am so worried that they will not have the opportunities that I had when I came to Arizona. I'm worried they won't have the freedoms that we had. I'm worried about their future. And I'm so pleased to see the young people coming in and getting a part, becoming a part of our campaign by the droves. I think the biggest group we have with us, and it's so unusual in politics, Lou, is young people, 18 to say 30 years old. They had their lives turned upside down in the past few years, and they are not becoming Democrats. I know that, I know that the media wants everyone to think the young people are all liberals. They're not. And, and you can see it in our campaign. They are, their, their hair is on fire. They know what's going on. They're realizing that their freedoms are being taken away and their future is going to be very bleak if they don't get involved politically. I was just at an event last night, and as I was leaving, there was a table of five uh, young people. They were between 20 and 23 years old, and all of them said, oh, my gosh, we, we are voting for you. Or some of them had already voted for me because we have early voting here in Arizona. We vote for an entire month, unfortunately, rather than just <laughs> a day. But it's so encouraging. Everywhere I go, young people are getting involved in the America First movement. It's kind of become the counterculture, right? It's not cool to be with Joe Biden and the illegitimate administration who's trying to destroy America. It's cool to be with the patriots and the people who love this country and are trying to save it. Yep. Uh, President Biden will be called a lot of things, and most of them uh, he will be called accurately. But one thing he will not be called at all, and that is cool. I'm pretty <laughs> sure of that. Uh, let's uh, let's turn to right now your 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 thoughts about the the state of Arizona itself, unemployment, uh, job opportunities, uh, entrepreneurial opportunities, the state of the society 
Because we are seeing, we've talked about drug overdoses. We've talked about the failure of the education system. And I note in your state that the, they now have decided that you don't have to have a college degree to be a teacher. Uh, that's a, certainly a step forward that I think probably, I haven't asked you, but I would think you wouldn't be too thrilled with. <laughs> it's, but Ducey apparently is thrilled with it. Give us a sense of what Arizona is right now. It's Just give us a, a synopsis, if you will. I, I, Arizona is an amazing state. We are, we're on the verge of going of becoming, I think, the greatest state in the country. We do have some great uh, economic news that's out there. We've, we're a, a healthy state to come and, and start a business. Unfortunately, we had a governor who was a businessman who shut the state down twice and closed a lot of businesses, and many of them never were able to reopen. Um, so we're going to start with policies that never do that again. We will never shut this state down. We will never force somebody to close their business. And we're going to expand from that, and, and we're going to try to bring our taxes down, bring the regulations down so that businesses can thrive here. One of the problems is not that we don't have enough jobs. We don't have enough people to fill the jobs. And I talk to industry leaders all the time, whether it be in construction, whether they need machinists, whatever the jobs they need to fill, we don't have the qualified people. And that's why in my education plan, it goes into many details. But one of the ideas that we're putting forth, and we hope to work with all of the stakeholders, all the shareholders, and make sure that we get this accomplished, is a dual track education. Right in high school, after 10th grade, if you want to go for your um, college degree route, Go for it. Awesome. We're going to help you do that. But we need people who know they're not going to go to college. They don't maybe want to go to college. And we need to get vocational training, skills training, certification, a lot of jobs in big fields from medicine right down to construction into real estate. You don't need to have a four-year college degree. And we want to fill those jobs. That's frankly where the money is right now. I was at a, a school in southern Arizona where they have brought in a welding program, where they brought in culinary arts. And I think this is maybe what our governor is getting at and you're referring to. We need people to teach those skills where the jobs are. And if that means bringing in an instructor to a school who doesn't have a college degree, but they know how to teach welding, then we want you to come in and help teach our kids that. The purpose of education is not to send everybody off to college to go in debt and become woke. The purpose of education is to educate our children for the jobs and opportunities that are out there. And that welding program, by the way, these kids, 100% of them are getting offers between seventy dollars and $100,000 straight out of high school, rather, with full benefits. This is where the money is. It's not going to get a you know basket weaving, underwater basket weaving uh, degree in college and then end up working at the Starbucks and being and then, a mountain of debt. And then saddle the student with $100,000 in debt or their uh, families. Yeah. Uh, you know, I tell people when I, when I talk about the subject, I've always said, go to community college, go to voc- you know, take vocational yep. training. My high school we had shop, we had uh, welding, you name it, woodwork, carpentry, uh, in, in addition to the academic thing. I mean, that's, oh, boy, that's 100 years that. ago. We need that. I talk to people all the time. I go, how many of you remember when we used to do this? And I, will, I would be willing to bet, Lou, that even the, the men and women who are doctors and attorneys and architects, whatever, you know, they needed a college degree, would look back at high school and say, the class I use most was that shop class I took. Well, what did I, you, you know, we all can learn from that, but we we 
have a lot of jobs in Arizona. We don't have people trained. There's no reason our kids can't get out of high school ready for them and don't have to go and get additional training. Let's train them in high school and get them out the door at 18 ready for these jobs. Yeah, and let's get some other things, you know, straight in our school systems, too, as far as I'm concerned, Carrie. I, I never want to hear an American citizen ever say there are jobs that Americans won't do. Uh, I never want to hear a CEO say, uh, I'm going to get uh, cheap labor in Romania or uh, Sri Lanka instead of build the middle class of America. The reason we don't is we've shipped those jobs, those manufacturing jobs, those jobs that require welding and they were riveting and uh, and tool and die work, you know, because we aren't manufacturing. And that's what we've got to bring back, as you said, America first. Carrie, we have, as you know, a, a convention on this show. We always give our guests uh, the last word and your concluding thoughts, if you will. Okay. Um, well, I want to say something about what you just said, though. When, sure. we reshore, when we reshore jobs and we reshore companies from overseas, you know, in a factory in China, they might have 50,000, uh, what I call it, slave labor. It's, it's uh, labor where they're not paying these people anything. They're being forced to work. I can't live with that. I don't want to live with that. We bring people back, and thanks to automation, you might be able to have that same manufacturing facility in Arizona with 500 people. So, yes, it, it, you'll be paying each person more, but you don't need 50000 You need 500 We can bring automation in and, and help um, build that business back here in America. We have to start doing that, and this is the generation that we do it. We can't continue to allow our country to be sold out and shipped off to China, or we won't have a country. We have a lot of big issues facing us right now, Lou. That's why I'm running for governor. We need a strong leader. We've seen leaders before who come in with business experience, and then we find out they're just a, a shift manager. We need a leader, a boss, who's going to take on the big issues, who's not owned by special interests and the donor class, and somebody who's got a patriot's heart, and that's me. And I'm asking for people to get out and vote right now in Arizona. August 2nd is Election Day. If you have a ballot sitting on your kitchen counter, vote for me. I'm Trump-endorsed. I'm endorsed by... All of the people who are behind uncovering our stolen election from Greg Phillips uh, right down to uh, Dinesh D'Souza and everybody who was involved in helping to uncover some of the wrongs against Arizona. We're going to right the ship. We're going to bring back and restore honest elections, secure that border, uh, education for our children that actually prepares them for the world and allows them to be the amazing people that God envisioned for them. And we're also going to work to uh, end the, the scourge of homelessness and drug abuse that we're seeing on our streets and restore quality of life to Arizona. I have a plan for so many of the issues that we are facing. You can find it on my website, carrylake.com. That's K-A-R-I-L-A-K-E.com. I'm running against a rhino who's a billionaire, and she's pouring $26 million into this race trying to buy it. Her record, her voting record is dismal, and you can find that on my website as well. I want people to know if they're casting a vote for her, they're casting a vote that is going to be dangerous for Arizona. So I ask for you to get all the information before you cast that vote, and you can find it on my website, carrylake.com. And I really appreciate you having me on again, Lou. Carrie Lake, running for governor of Arizona. God bless you. Thanks, everybody, for being with us. Please join us tomorrow for our guest. Congressman Jim Jordan, and Republican senatorial nominee, Dr. Mehmet Oz. Please join us.
That's tomorrow, right here on The Great America Show. Till then, God bless you, and God bless America.